History waits for no one. And the time to shape their history begins right now. Oh, yeah, baby. For those about to rock. Oh, my God. Welcome once again to the most must-hear podcast. Big mouth, small word sports talk. Really quick, I've got to talk to you about WrestleMania. We're going to have to do a two-part thing here. So this was the first part because, you know, they're labeling this as it has to be two nights, which actually is genius because the world is going to watch because they've got to watch because there's nothing else to do. (laughs) So WWE is going to have... A lot of people watching. I'll tell you right now, I watched the first part of WrestleMania last night. And uh, I'm excited to watch tonight's part two WrestleMania because I thought they nailed it for, for night one. It, it started off a little, nah, because it's weird when people come out and there's no fans. Gronk does his spiel, and actually Gronk didn't do a bad job. He was exactly what you'd expect him to be. I didn't think he messed up any of his words, so Gronk did a good job. Um, Then you had um, some of it I just didn't care. Uh, The Cesaro versus Drew Gulak, it was a good match. I just, I'm sorry to say that I I just, it it didn't rivet me. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors, I didn't hate the match. I didn't love the match. It was a little over the top, a little bit of... It's it's eh. I mean, you really need fans for matches like that. They weren't doing anything crazy off the top rope. They weren't doing any huge move sets. Uh, I think they made the right decision because the Kabuki Warriors, as much as Asuka's great, as much as Kyrie Singh is good, them together, no one cares. They've been trying to push them forever, the Kabuki Warriors... And no one cares. So finally they lose to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I actually think they're not giving enough to Alexa Bliss. She should be in the actual title picture, not the tag team titles. They're trying to make these relevant. It's not so much working out, mostly because they don't defend the belts enough. But I don't know. Alexa doesn't need Nikki Cross. It's a cool little friendship thing they have. But to me, I'd rather see her go on her own and actually... Go back to being a little bit of a bitch and go back to being cool. But they won the titles. That was the right move. They'll be fine. It'll be whatever. Elias fought King Corbin. I hated everything about it because it's boring. It's just not. Elias is great by himself. Elias coming down to the ring when he plays his music and he talks. He's hilarious. He's great. He's one of the best things WWE has. They're not capitalizing on his stardom at all. They're butchering it hard, butchering it big time. He should be bigger than he is. King Corbin is actually a great heel. A lot of people hate him. That's what he wants. He wants you to hate him. See, the problem with being that much of a heel, though, is that when there's not a bunch of people booing you, your shtick comes off as a little dumb, a little dull. It's just not... It's not working. King Corbin's nothing without people booing him. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. Um, Elias beats him, but it's it that match. I could have done without seeing that match. Then 
it was interesting. I'm not sure why The Miz couldn't compete, but there was a situation where The Miz could not compete. Him and John Morrison are the tag team champions. And, well, they're the SmackDown tag team champions. And I told you guys before when I did my Elimination Chamber review, I'm glad they won. I think they're a great team. I think that they deserve it. And they're new. All we've been seeing is the New Day and the Usos forever. And it was nice to have them. So The Miz can't compete, so they had to... So, the New Day picked Kofi, Big E's out, which is rough. I hated Big E not being able to compete. Then um, Jimmy Uso went in instead of Jay. So then you had John Morrison versus Kofi Kingston versus Jimmy Uso in a ladder match. These three guys, one thing to know about them is they're very good athletically. All, all three of them have great athleticism. Not sure why JBL came back and, and talked during this match, but he was fine. Could have used him turning his mic up a little bit, but he was fine. Uh, Michael Cole was the same. I can't. Anyone that watches wrestling knows. But all in all, it was a pretty good athletic match. It is a little weird when uh, there's no crowd noise and you actually hear them, like, fake groaning on the ground when they get hit with something. <laughs> it's, it's something I don't think anyone ever should have heard or wanted to hear. But it happens, and uh, it's it's bad. So they did the best they could. Honestly, it's three guys, ladder match. They utilized the ladders well. They did as good as they could have done in this match. It did not super intrigue me. It wasn't over-the-top brutal. The best thing, I think, about this whole match was the end. They had Jimmy and Kofi Kingston, the New Day and the Usos guys, battling it out because they've been the titans of the tag team division in SmackDown for so long, and they're all holding the belts, and they're trying to grab it off the top of the ladder. Morrison grabs them, falls backwards, getting hit off of the ladder, and then plummets into a ladder with the titles on him, and that's how Morrison wins. So Miz and Morrison have done it again. They have defied the odds. They're the SmackDown champions. I like it. I'm in Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho, I'm into it. That's awesome. Side note, they did a YouTube video that was hilarious, making fun of every other team. I thought they were, I like them. I think they're great. Um, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins was awesome. Kevin Owens doesn't get, an, and you know, I shouldn't say he doesn't get enough of a push because he is getting a push. But I don't know, man, give the man a title. He deserves a title. He's worked his ass off. I mean, they gave him a finisher of a stunner. So they gave him Stone Cold's finishing move, which means that that is a push. So I need to shut my mouth. He's been getting pushed. But he is putting on great performances. He's been doing great promos. I'll say one thing about every all of this. The wrestlers have done supremely well at giving promos i should have them on deck i don't i don't want to completely bore everybody but the undertaker has been cutting off the charts promos i think kevin owens has been cutting off the charts promos seth has been fine um aj styles has been good i i like everybody on the mic everybody edge ed you know it's so upsetting that there's not a crowd to see edge fight tonight because he's been putting some seriously amazing promos together, and he's he's just been awesome. And you know him and Randy Orton in a last man standing match, they're going to tear the house down. But I'm talking about part one, not part two. Sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Um, 
But the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match was great. Obviously, the best part of this match was, I don't know how high it was, but Kevin Owens climbs the top of the logo board. It's probably 20 feet in the air. And he jumps off and hits Seth Rollins through a table with an elbow. It was it was aggressive. And the thing is, with, I mean, God, Kevin Owens has got to be 250 pounds at least. That dude muffs that fall. He's breaking something, or he's breaking Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins must trust Kevin Owens a lot to let him do that. I thought they pulled that move off to perfection. I like how Seth sold how hurt he was, kicks him in the gut, drops him on the chin, stone cold stunner, KOs him, Kevin Owens wins. I liked it. I thought they told a good story for the last month, and I thought they executed it in the match. So good job, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. You did good. Uh going to something that I didn't think that they executed well at all is uh, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryant for the Intercontinental Championship. I hated it. I hated everything about it because it just doesn't, you know, they added Drew Gulak because I guess they're trying to pump this guy up, but it made Daniel Bryan go down a little bit. I didn't like it. He didn't push him. I don't also, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura being like backing up Sami Zayn, it doesn't make any sense. Sami Zayn is not... I got to watch how I'm saying this. Shinsuke Nakamura is a great elite level fighter. He shouldn't have to... He doesn't need anybody else. If anything, he needs Paul Heyman to talk for him so that he can just Shinsuke kick people in the face and just do it that way. Plus, Cesaro has been underutilized since day one. Can you please put him with Sheamus? And can you please bring the bar back so that we can have a great tag team and just do it that way? My God. So anyway, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, they fought. No one gives a crap. I don't give a crap. You don't give a crap. It was a subpar match, which is too bad because... Sami Zayn is a great competitor. He's very annoying, but he's a great competitor, and so is Daniel Bryan. But I thought they didn't have a good match. I didn't like the finish. I didn't like any of it. I just could have done without it. It didn't need to exist. Um, Another disappointing match. Maybe not disappointing match, but disappointing ending. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. I just don't understand it. They built up Shayna Baszler so much. She has this dominant... Brock Lesnar-esque moment in the Elimination Chamber where she chokes everybody out and just demolishes people. As a matter of fact, Oscar was the only one that gave Becky Lynch any problems for an entire year, and Shayna Baszler destroyed her. So I'm thinking, all right, it's Shayna Baszler's time. They're going to give her the belt. She's going to beat Becky. And in the beginning, they had Baszler. It was actually physical. They were punching each other. They were bruised up. They were having a good match. And then out of nowhere... Becky just rolls her up and like beats her by a random pin. And I'm like, that, that's how you're going to do it. That's how you're going to put down Shayna Baszler. It needed to be more epic than that. This is wrestle freaking mania. That's what you do. I just didn't understand the finish and I don't like it because it, it doesn't make Becky look dominant and it doesn't make Shayna look dominant. So what the hell's wrong with you? It's WrestleMania. I hated that. I thought it was stupid. One thing, though, I feel like I'm being ultra negative. I don't know every situation with Roman Reigns. They had built Roman Reigns to fight Goldberg. That was going to happen. It got changed at the last second because I think Roman, with his health concerns, they didn't want to 
put him in any of these situations. I'm, I'm speculating that. I don't know that for a fact, but that's what I think happened. They give Braun Strowman an opportunity to fight Goldberg, and Braun Strowman has been the monster among men. He's been awesome. People like him. Kids like him. Adults like him. He's just awesome. And they were never giving him a chance to have a belt. They, they had him finally win the Intercontinental belt. He loses to Sami Zayn of all people. And I'm like, wow, the WWE doesn't get it. They just, they need to figure it out. And I don't know the real reason that Roman Reigns is not in, but I'll tell you, I loved this outcome. Everyone did. And I'm sorry for Braun Strowman that he, he had to do it in front of no people because he deserved this moment. I'm glad that he won. He won the title. He beat Goldberg. It was about, I want to say like a three to five minute match. Uh, Goldberg does his stupid spears. He spears Strowman four times. Strowman grabs him, slams him a bunch, tells him he's an old bitch because he is. And one, two, three, I couldn't believe it. Braun Strowman beats Goldberg. I loved it. Let Goldberg retire now. Go away. We've had enough of you. That's it. So Strowman's champ, love it. Last, but oh, most certainly not least, the Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match. No one knew what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. You didn't know. But I think what we got was like one of the single greatest wrestling moments of all time. It was the most over-the-top thing ever. It starts out with they're in a random graveyard, old-school horror movie scene. There's a, a hearse coming out with a, you know, and, and AJ Styles comes up out of the casket. And he's like, where are you, Undertaker, blah, blah. And I'm going to play this for a few seconds because this is AJ Styles coming out of the hearse out of the casket, yelling for the Undertaker. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh-huh. I hear him. I hear him. Come on. Come on, big man. <laughs> the Undertaker is driving it's like straight out of a movie Metallica's playing he's driving his motorcycle to fight AJ Styles it is it's amazing it's so good I love everything I love the way that they did it uh he fights him he's tombstoning people he's going nuts uh Gallows and Anderson get involved the Undertaker's hitting shovels off of people. He's getting the crap kicked out of them. They hit him with a cement block. The Undertaker's bleeding. He tombstones. Got, it just, there was so much action. It was so over the top, straight out of a movie. It was awesome. If you're a wrestling fan, you love it. At the end of it, the Undertaker, the best part of the whole match is AJ Styles gets the better of the Undertaker, punches him. The guy goes, he punch, AJ Styles punches the Undertaker. The Undertaker goes down six feet deep. Right, He goes down, he's at the graveyard, and AJ Styles turns on that John Deere and he's going to dump all this dirt on The Undertaker and bury him alive. And then what happens? But he turns it on, the lights come on, The Undertaker's behind him. It's absolutely out of control, hilarious. I loved it. I, I loved the match. The Undertaker ended up winning. Oh my God, it was just, it was really funny. It was really funny, and I loved it. Tonight, though, 
We've got Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. We've got so many things. I'm trying. I can't even think. Edge versus Randy Orton. Um, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. There's a lot of things I'm looking forward to, and I'm excited to come back here. It's going to be awesome. WrestleMania Part 2. I'm going to go watch. I hope you guys watch. And then we're going to talk about it. I love y'all. Here's the song. And then I'll be back. Oh my goodness. We are back. We are back. We I watched WrestleMania. I watched part two. Um, interesting. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> if you watched it, I think you'd agree with me on that. So I'm going to try to gather myself after what I just saw. And uh, let's run through part two of WrestleMania here. So uh, they opened up the show with Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, which was a bit of a head scratcher to me. Two top-notch talents. There was a lot of head-scratching moments, but um, it was a back-and-forth match. Very physical, lots of big moves. The story of the match was how much Charlotte worked on Rhea Ripley's right leg. In the end, it's set up for Charlotte to get her finisher, which is the figure eight. Rhea Ripley fought hard. Eventually, she tapped. I thought the match was pretty good, and as a matter of fact, I don't want to say great. I thought the match was really, really good. And the best part of the match is that both competitors, win or lose, came out looking strong. Whereas I told you earlier with the Shayna Baszler versus Becky match, I felt the opposite. I felt Becky got shortchanged even though she was the champ. She didn't look strong, and I didn't think the Shayna Baszler looked strong. And this one, Rhea Ripley... Still looked, she was a beast. She fought Charlotte. She took her to the end. I, I thought it was really good. So they both look good. Charlotte now is the NXT Women's Champion, which means that she's not going to be on Raw and SmackDown, I don't think. So now I'm going to have to start watching NXT. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, then a match after that was Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. I did not think I was going to care about this match. But... It was pretty good. All in all, following a match like Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, it's rough to to follow a match like that. But um, it was competitive. Aleister Black tried to use his speed at the start. As the match went on, Lashley imposed his power because he's huge. Lashley controlled the match for a while, hitting some legitimate suplexes and power strikes. Then Black had a couple of cool moves off the top rope. Lashley was closing in on a victory. His manager, Lana, who is extremely hot, told him, no, 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 don't do that move. Just spear him. He goes for the spear. He gets his head spin kicked into another planet. One, two, three. Alistair wins. Lashley fades to black. Decent match. It was fine. It wasn't super long. I liked it. Then Dolph Ziggler versus Otis. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know much about wrestling and you follow me on Snapchat, this is Vinny. Otis is Vinny. <laughs> and uh, the storyline, I'm not going to go over a crazy amount of this. Otis had a chance with his hot girl, Mandy Rose, and Dolph Ziggler stole the girl and whatever. 
Ziggler controlled the match, beat the crap out of Otis for the first 50% of it. Then Otis beat the bag out of Ziggler a little bit. Then Ziggler low-blowed Otis, and it looked like he was going to beat him. And then Mandy comes down to save the day, low-blows Ziggler. The, the highlight of this whole thing is that Mandy actually kissed Otis, which is... Mandy's very attractive, and it's... I don't know. It happened. It was crazy. And uh, the thing is, with something like that, if you don't have a crowd, it doesn't work. So that moment was just, I don't know. That moment deserved a crowd. Then Edge versus Randy Orton. It was a last man standing match. This was long, but not boring. I, I liked it. I was into this match. It started with Randy Orton dressed as a cameraman. <laughs> Edge is hearing his music, thinking he's coming out. He gets RKO'd. Then he gets up. Then he gets RKO'd again. Then Edge gets up, beats the count. Orton hits him with a camera. Then they go to the gym. Orton chokes him with a strap, hits him with a weight. Edge takes control, jumps off equipment, hits Orton with the flying grundle. <laughs> There's a lot of things that happen. And they fought through the backstage area for a while. Um, I'm trying to think of the highlights. Um, Edge at one point climbed a ladder, put Orton through a table. Orton hit him with a DDT on the truck. And it was just really good back and forth. They ended up on the top of a huge truck. And Edge hit him with a spear. Then Edge got hit with an RKO. Then Edge kind of put him in like a kind of sleeper hold. And laid Randy down with his head on a chair. And then he took another chair and he bashed his head into an oblivion. And he cried and he was like, oh, I love Randy. It was good. It was all good. It was, it was a solid match. Then somewhere in all of this craziness, um, Gronk ends up winning the 24-7 championship, <laughs> which is fine. I guess I don't have a problem with that. The title is stupid, but Gronk won it, so good for Gronk. Um, the Street Profits fought someone. I don't care. That whole match was trash. I didn't give a crap about it, so Street Profits defended the Raw Tag Team titles. I'm not really going to go into that. Then there was the five-way women's elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Tamina, Naomi, Bailey. This match was fine. I just don't know why they put Edge and Orton like below these matches because it took away from them. It, it made you not give a crap about the other ones. But or anyway, Tamina... She's the biggest and the strongest, so they all teamed up on her. She was the first to go. There was pretty good action. Lacey and Naomi were working as a team. Then Sasha and Bailey were working as a team. Banks eliminated Naomi. It was down to Evans, Bailey, and Banks. And you're thinking, well, Bailey and Banks are going to work together. And they did. They beat the crap out of Evans. But then there's this like crazy moment where Bailey hit Sasha by accident. Then that gave Evans the chance to hit Sasha with a woman's right. Bailey had the chance to help her, but kind of allowed her to get pinned. So you're thinking this is going to set up, if if Bailey wins, it's going to set up a Sasha-Bailey thing later on. They go back and forth. It looks like Lacey Evans is going to win. But then Sasha, who was already eliminated, comes back in and helps Bailey retain. And she's acting like, oh, it's all cool. You're my best friend. It's fine. So Sasha Banks and Bailey are destined to fight for that title. Sasha's just playing a game right now where she's being nice, but she don't mean it. Don't worry. She's going to destroy. So Bailey stays the champ. 
Then the Firefly Funhouse happens. And after I watched the Undertaker thing, I had super high hopes for this. I still don't know what I watched, and I still don't know if I loved it. Uh, I liked it. I don't know how I'm going to explain this. John walks out, and so I'm expecting that I'm going to see a match. And really what I saw was a culmination of moments, which were just crazy. John Cena says, hey, and then he ends up in the Firefly Funhouse, and he goes through this door, and then Bray Wyatt's like, I'm going to make you fight yourself. So he puts John Cena in all these positions that he was in, like made him relive all of his past personas, the ruthless aggression era, and the when he rapped, and the, the thugonomics, and he made him see all the people that he stepped on in the past, and he brought up the moment where... Six years ago, Bray Wyatt was on top of the world. His catchphrase was, I have the whole world in my hands. And everybody loved him and everybody wanted him to win. Everybody wanted Bray Wyatt to be the guy. And John Cena beat him. And it really screwed up his whole career. It made everyone not give a crap. And it was a horrible decision. Kudos to WWE for allowing Cena and Wyatt to rewrite the narrative because Cena was doing all of these things. So he's admitting to the fact that that was a mistake and that Bray should have had that moment and should have been that the champ, the guy. So yeah, it was a mind, it was a mind bleep. Um, It ends up with Bray, the fiend grabbing John Cena and hitting him with the sister Abigail that he should have hit him with six years ago. And one, two, three. The only problem I had with this is that it wasn't a match. You build it as a match, WWE. You shouldn't have because the Undertaker thing was a match, so I'm expecting there's going to be a match. It was what it was. I liked it overall. Just a little depressing that after watching the whole card, I wish that the Randy Orton Edge match was later in the show because it would have it would have really helped the event overall, especially the Charlotte Rhea Ripley one. That was a great match too. At the end, it ended up being Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. It's a great story. You feel for Drew McIntyre. He screwed up for a lot of his life, and then he came back better than ever, stronger than ever. And uh, this match sucked. This match was trash. I, I think it was trash because Lesnar probably was like, I won't be here. But yeah, it was an in and out match. A get out of here, like just go in and get out. It, there was no substance there. It, McIntyre immediately within like seconds hits his claymore, a finisher. Brock kicks out. Then they both get up. Brock hits him with suplex city, hits an F5. McIntyre kicks out at one. That's a cool moment. But the problem with the cool moment is he hits another F5 and Drew kicks out at two. Then Lesnar hits a third F5 and Drew kicks out. And you're like, okay, I get it. McIntyre hits a claymore. Then another, then another, then another, and he beats Lesnar. There's no substance to this match. Drew McIntyre fought for so long to get this, and you feel for him as a fan because you're like, number one, he doesn't have a crowd, so he fights all this time, and he even said in an interview he wanted it to be Lesnar. He wanted to beat Lesnar. And he had the opportunity to do it. And then he beats him in such a subpar match at the end of WrestleMania. No fans. He just deserved a better moment. He deserved a better match. 
And I, I don't feel like he's the type of guy that wanted that to happen, but it's just one of those things. Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants, so I'm putting this one on him. I, I They didn't even let Paul Heyman talk. So I feel like Lesnar was just in a mood, and he was like, I don't even want to be here. It is what it is. So all in all, part one, I believe, was better than part two. It shouldn't have been, though. It shouldn't have been, though. I think that WWE just kind of booked it wrong a little bit. I like that it was two nights. I'll say that. All in all, listen. All in all, this was a success for the WWE. Because you put out a product for two days that the world, listen, the world watched. And it didn't, it wasn't the worst. There's no crowd. They had everything working against them. And they pulled off a decent show. If I were to give it a, a nights one and two, a grade, I would give it a B. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't give it anything higher. I wouldn't give it anything lower. I thought it had some killer moments and I thought it had some whatever moments. In night two, though, the Charlotte versus Ripley was a really good match. The Edge versus Orton was good. It's just, you know, the last two matches leave a bad taste in your mouth. That's what it is. If, if, if there were a couple things, like, for instance, instead of the John Cena Bray Wyatt thing, if you ended the first night on that, people would have been like, what? And if you put the Undertaker thing in that spot, you think a completely different thing right now. I would be talking in a completely different way. But that's the way it goes. There's some good storylines that are going to come out of this. So, you know, hopefully we can get back to some sort of normal with this coronavirus and everything that's happening. I know some people that are being affected by this. I'm sure we all do. And uh, it's scary. It's scary stuff. And everybody, seriously, stay home. Don't take any chances. This is going to get a little worse before it gets better. So please don't take any chances. Keep, Keep on keeping on. But do not take any chances. Um, Yeah, so that's the WrestleMania recap. I'm going to leave it there. I'll get to more football talk. People have been clamoring for it. Damn, I posted an episode a few days ago. But, hey, I love it. Thank you for the input. Um, If you want to talk wrestling, you want to talk anything, hit me up on the Instagram, at Big Mouth Small Words Podcast. I'm going to end it here. Um, I hope you enjoyed my WrestleMania recap. If you haven't watched it, check out the stuff that I liked or check out the stuff I didn't. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Stay safe.